All right, you guys, welcome to another edition of Undefined Live. We're going to do a NFL insider report on a couple of topics. Yes, I am back and wanted to make sure you guys were with me. Um, quite a few interesting uh, prominent departures that we had in the NFL over the last 48 hours. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with Jalen Smith. We know that the Cowboys made an organizational decision to release uh, the Pro Bowl linebacker who was drafted 34th overall in 2000. And 17. And uh, Wednesday, the head coach, Mike McCarthy, had told uh, players, uh, rather, or had told people that it was due to multiple factors and declined to go into detail. But a leak source had told me uh, that it was kind of a twofold decision. And this was yesterday that I was told this. Uh, number one, they said it was uh, financial and that there was just a large commitment being played to a player that was viewed as uh, part-time, their words, and did also not play special teams. And from a fit standpoint, the league source also said that uh, uh, he did a lot for the Cowboys, but at the end of the day, there was a little bit of a scheme fit issue. Now, I'm told that the Cowboys did a lot in terms of trying to uh, look at their trade options and explore those. But at the end of the day, I was told that the contract simply was too difficult to move. So let's take a look at the financial commitment that was being uh, paid to Jalen after his rookie deal in uh, 2019. He got that six year, $68.4 million extension. But after the team went three and one uh, this season, they were able to take more of a macro view on the contract. And one of the things that they were trying to do was avoid that $9.2 million injury guarantee that would be triggered if he were hurt this year. So when you're looking at the fact that rookie Micah Parsons is emerging as a hybrid linebacker, edge rusher, uh, playing alongside very well with Leighton Van Der Esch, um, then you have Keanu Neal helping that transition, obviously, uh, having played with uh, Dan Quinn uh, in uh, Atlanta. And that fourth rounder, Jabil Cox, is coming along. It basically made the decision easier. Now, from the fit standpoint that the league source was talking about, they told me that under Rod Marinelli, that Jalen Smith played more uh, Mike linebacker and that this scheme that they're currently in called for him to be more in coverage, which they called not his stronger suit. So at the end of the day, they said that, you know, when you're looking at a player playing 30 to 40% of the snaps, no special teams and others being a better fit at this point that they had to move on. From a statistical standpoint, uh, Jalen Smith uh, had 70 snaps per game last season. That was the most on the team that dropped down to a 38 average this year. And also the defense was allowing seven yards per play when he was on the field and 5.7 when he was off. Now to uh, Jalen's defense, one team source, Another one uh, told me last night that they felt like Jalen's uh, skills uh, fit any scheme and that they were saying that uh, they feel like coaches should apply the scheme to a player's talent and that they called him highly adaptable and they feel like he'll have a chance to prove that with his new team uh, in Green Bay. So there you have it with uh, Jalen Smith. All right. So we move on to Stefan Gilmore. Now I go back to the conversation that I had with Steph before uh, training camp when he mentioned that he wanted to be paid his worth and that he also feels like he knows what he brings to the table in terms of his style of play, right? And at the time, he was looking for common ground, not looking to be traded. Now, a couple of things that are true. Yes, he did turn 31 in September. Yes, he did have that quad injury week 15 of 2020. And uh, yes, he was paid a contract that gave him, uh, it was a five-year deal, $65 million 
unrestricted free agent deal uh, in 2017. And yes, he did have five million of his 2021 uh, money moved into 2020, which left him with a guaranteed of seven million dollars in base salary this year. Okay, but at the end of the day, let's do some simple math here. Seven plus five is still 12. When you divide 65 by five, what do you get? 13. So yes, at the time that deal had him ranked eighth uh, amongst corners and new money average per year. We're not counting Tremaine Johnson uh, because he was tagged twice. But right now that average has him ranked 24th. And clearly uh, Gilmore does not feel like that is appropriate when you're just going off of the numbers in that rank and what he feels like in terms of his uh, caliber of play and being a former defensive player of the year. Now let's talk about the injury for a quick second. At the time before training camp, as I had mentioned, he told me that he was feeling stronger than ever, running a lot, uh, building some speed, but he also indicated at the time that he didn't want to push it. Now, yesterday, a source told me that the quad is feeling good. So what do you have here? You got the Pats wanting to see that health on the field. You got Gilmore wanting to see the bag. Obviously, nothing got resolved with that respect. And that's why a source told me yesterday it was basically a catch-22 with uh, me also emphasizing on Twitter that according to this source uh, that Stefan Gilmore was looking for at least $15 million a year, even though the reports are that he is going to play under his current contract. But... But, 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 but we are looking at the fact that the Carolina Panthers, his new team, we saw it on the Panthers Twitter page that he has arrived, does have at least 19 million in cap space. Another thing that made sense. You had rookie uh, corner JC Horn going down, even though they did trade for CJ Henderson from the Jaguars, they had been eyeing Gilmore. So, and then it offer also offers Gilmore an opportunity to come to uh, you know, the Carolinas, even though he's from Rock Hill, South Carolina. But when I was talking to a source yesterday and saying how emotional it was in terms of you know having to uh, initially go through the process of thinking of moving your family, moving your kids, moving your family, what have you, this situation, this solution gives him the opportunity to resolve that best. So I'm sure that the Gilmores are happy. And we move on from that topic. Next up, Urban Meyer. So I spoke to a league source prominent league source who's telling me that they are, quote, keeping an eye on the situation. League source also monitors hiring uh, when it comes to the NFL. This source said that they feel like owner Shad Khan did a good job of vetting a lot of candidates, and they recognize that within their decision to get Urban, okay, that it was a, a head nod to his success as a college football uh, coach as much as it was a business decision when it comes to making sure you're putting and keeping uh, people in the seats in the stadium. Okay. But at the end of the day, the league sort of said that when you're making a, a discernment on a leader for your organization, you have to have that view in terms of looking for someone who is prepared to handle a variety of situations on and off the field when it comes to who you're choosing to steer the ship of an organization. And this is why this source brought up names like Leslie Frazier, as we go back to January, who was available at the time. Jim Caldwell, Todd Bowles, this league source said, these are people who have high character in the words of the source, not questioning that. And then also brought up the resumes of, or the excellent resumes, they said, of offensive coordinator from the Bills, Brian Dabble, Josh McDaniels, and also Eric Bieniemy. So, the source said, sometimes when you're doing a search, you got to go deeper in the trenches. 
Okay, and it's not always about a shinier object when it comes to some of the macro, all of the macro things that you're trying to consider as an owner, which he said at the top of this conversation to him was understandable. But his concern is whether the uh, the trust and the respect, you know, the loss of that would be uh, irretrievable. So I did think it was interesting at the end of the day why the source said he thinks that um, it's too early to tell on Urban Meyer and that he understands why Khan is giving him a little bit more time, but that they would be watching to see if the administering of discipline from here on out to anybody um, would have any indications of a double standard based on what we're seeing from the head coach. Okay, so we move to the next topic as I try to hurry up because I got Twitter spaces on USA Today Sports right after this. Okay, so I talked to a Colts player yesterday evening who initially was talking about the fact that the team started off 0-3. They said that it was a very stressful time, that it was very frustrating losing games in the same way. So what did they mean by that? Well, they said that it's no secret that we have been struggling in the red zone. The Colts score a touchdown on just 40% of their drives. That is the third worst in the NFL. They also mentioned the loss of their guard, Quentin Nelson, week three versus the Titans, said that was a big hurt. Uh, they mentioned that Jim Ursay, after they were 0-3, addressed the team and said, yes, we are 0-3. Next week will be 0-0. We got to go out and get that win. And that's exactly what they did. So I moved the conversation forward on Carson Wentz. Wanted to know what is it that the players are saying about Carson Wentz? So this is what they told me. They said, we like him. Uh, we know that he has been hurt, but we know that each game he's going to get more and more comfortable with us. The player also said that you have to remember, even when Phillip Rivers was first here, um, that he was not also perfect through his first four or five games. Uh, so they like the fact that he's playing hurt. Uh, the player also mentioned there are a number of times when Carson Wentz has been in practice and they've seen him go back and forth three times trying to tape up the ankle and still getting back out there. They also mentioned that, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks in the game, a lot of them can get rattled when they get rocked. That's what he said. But this player said they like the fact that when Carson goes down, he gets right back up. You'll go to the player that made a play, congratulate them, come back, ready for the next play, and his eyes look locked in. So that's something that they pointed out. Statistically, uh, Carson Wentz has taken 35 quarterbacks' hits, hits. rather. That is the most among quarterbacks, so definitely a legitimate thing to point out in terms of how many times you've seen him uh, come up from that. Now, I did talk to the Colts player about the next game. They are at Baltimore for Monday night football. I said, what are you guys focusing on in practice uh, when it comes to that? Now, they didn't practice yesterday because the game was on Monday, but this is what they're anticipating. They knew or they said that the Ravens are number one in forced fumbles. So they figure that ball security will be a big focus in practice. And they also mentioned that they thought that even though the Ravens are pretty good in terms of the run defense, that they figured that they should have a good, uh, uh, you know, be productive running the ball and also mention the protection from their offensive line. That was their words. All right. So that was the cult. We are moving on to the NFL PA. What is going on there? It just seems like there was just a vote yesterday to extend D. Maurice Smith, but here we go again. There was a vote on Tuesday by the executive committee, uh, which is a 14-member committee uh, to ascertain whether union director D. Maurice Smith will stay in his job. Uh, source did confirm that the result of that vote was a split seven to seven. If it were unanimous, D. Maurice Smith would be keeping his job and I wouldn't be talking to you about it right now. However, as a result, because it was not unanimous, um, this uh, vote moves on to the 32 player reps. 
Um, right now, that vote is scheduled for Friday to be a conference call at 6 p.m. If he gets 22 of those votes, um, he will keep his job. If he just gets 16, he will have the ability to rerun. All right, so what is the issue here? Why does it seem so split? What's going on? All right, well, remember that the CBA uh, was modified uh, March of 2020 um, last year, right? And um, that current deal runs through 2030. A year later, though, what happened? The league announced that they had a contract with many networks that totaled, get this number, $110 billion, that's right, with a B. That's supposed to span over 11 years. So you have people who felt like, and I'm talking about the membership, that they should have waited longer to get more concessions. Then you have other people of the membership, some of the players not as high on the pay echelon, who want their money now and not worried about the macro view. So I talked to a player rep last night. I said, so what do you feel like needs to be improved? And they said to me, it boils down to money and the business of money. They asked the question rhetorically, do we have the best benefits that we could have? Then they said, I'm looking at that revenue split. Do we have the best split that we could have? Then they said, are we as efficient with the communication as we should be with the people in power, being the commissioner, the union director, and also the owner? So this is shaping up to be very interesting. I talked to a source this morning who also told me that it is, quote, a very sensitive time around here right now. So we will be keeping our eye on this vote tomorrow to see what happens. Also may have some more information tonight. I know that somebody told me to look into a particular team about certain thing when it comes to certain things. I know I'm not being specific right now, but I will look into those certain things and we'll hopefully get back to you if I'm not running around crazy doing 500 things myself. So for Josina Anderson, this has been the NFL Insider Report on Undefined with Josina Anderson, and we will see you guys next time.